Hey, this is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church in South Florida. Welcome to our podcast. Thanks for connecting with us, and we hope this message encourages you and connects you vertically to God. Enjoy the message. Well, I want to say thank you uh, for being here. And honestly, for us, it's an honor. It's an honor to be able to give you a message, give you something that the Lord has put in our hearts, especially on the date of Father's Day, right? And, and I know before we get into anything, maybe you have seen some of us, maybe you know some of us, uh, but I just wanted to allow maybe a minute for every single one of us so we can introduce ourselves. And so I want to start with Ed. Hello, my name is Edward. Um, most know me as Ed, and um, I've been uh, uh, in Vertical for 15 years already, and I serve in the worship ministry um, behind the uh, red keyboard sometimes, and um, uh, here's my family. Let me introduce you to my family. Here's my wife, my beautiful wife. She was just in base. Um, 25 years, happily married. Father of three um, here. To my right is my oldest son of uh, 25 years old, and he just um, recently moved uh, out of state. Uh, here are my two younger ones, Ethan, uh, 15 years old almost, and then Jeanette, uh, my princess um, uh, of almost 13, that uh, they're both serving up in the back in the production team. So. Praise the Lord for that. Great. Can you believe? Can you believe that he has a 25-year-old son? Uh, no, he doesn't even look that old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm Craig. I'm Craig Thomas. I'm on staff here. I've been at Vertical for oh, let's see, five years, I guess. Um, husband to the beautiful Pamela Thomas. Um, <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, we. I serve on staff. I also uh, serve in, in several different areas. Uh, on the impact team and, and just uh, helping out here. Uh, this is our family. So we're a blended family. If you didn't know, Pam and I are a blended family. And so we have a, I have more pictures. This, now this is uh, my daughter, Katie, and her husband, Billy, and their kids, minus one. Okay, so they're, a, they're a, a family of seven. I won't give you all their names. The little ones are Reston, Eliana, and uh, Toby. And then here is uh, Pam's children, okay, this is Nate, you know Nate and Taylor, uh, this is Luke and his fiance Julieta, and this is our daughter um, Victoria and her husband Aaron and their little one Lindy, Lindy Jean is our newest grandbaby, and then moving on, do we, is that all we have? Oh, here is, here is Katie, this is Katie um, with Billy, and I, I guess we, I didn't realize I had two of those, and then one more picture, I think we have one more this is when they were down visiting us last Father's Day. And then this is my son, uh, Bradley, and his wife, Natalie, who you know. Bradley serves on the yeah. kids' team and in parking. Uh, he's been away. He's been away for training for a, uh, a new job. So I just got to spend about an hour and a half with him. He was here in town for seven hours. I got an hour and a half of, of his time. So uh, that was awesome. That's the one ch uh, young person. But it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, my God. So awesome. So awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Craig, for sharing that. And then there, there, there is me. Uh, for those who don't know me, I am Carlos Villanueva. I'm part of the staff here at Vertical Church. And I've been here in Vertical, assistant to Vertical, since uh, January of 2017, which was basically when I proposed my wife so that she could be my wife. 
Uh, and since then, I also, it, it came with Vertical, right? And so I've been, I've been coming to Vertical for over seven years. We've been happily married for over five years now. And I'm going to show you guys the picture of my family, uh, my growing families. That's my wife, Amanda. Many of you already know that is my son, Sebastian, who I love. And also, we have a baby on the way. Um, yes, thank you. Her name is Sophia, and we already love her so, so, so much. And uh, he's going to be here soon in about two months. And so thank you. Thank you for that. And it is so awesome. It's so awesome just so that you guys can get to know us a little bit. Um, honestly, it's so great. Sometimes you see faces, but when you can put family into it, can you, when you can add a little bit uh, more context, you realize, man, that's, that's a life, right? That's a father. That's a brother. That's an uncle, so on and so on. And so it's so awesome that we get to... Um, just know each other and that you guys get to know our families as well. And so church, we have something really amazing today. Uh, we're going to dive into it. Uh, before we are going to get into the message, we, I asked uh, Ed, I asked Craig to see if maybe there is a, a piece of wisdom or an advice that um, maybe they have learned specifically maybe in this season, maybe in their lives uh, as, a, as, as, as parents, as fathers, uh, that they will be able to maybe share with us that we could able to possibly learn from them. And so I wanted to start with Ed. If there's anything you want to share with us, Ed. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so uh, as a father of uh, teenagers, I, my advice would be to learn um, to ask your children to, uh, for forgiveness, uh, to recognize when um, uh, you've hurt them, uh, when you, um, you know, failed them. I, um, you know, I, 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 I was a father uh, from a very young age. And I know that I made many mistakes as a father, and um, especially uh, um, towards my oldest son. And um, but I thank I thank God uh, for um, I was able to uh, recognize my mistakes to him. I was able to uh, ask him for forgiveness, and I know that uh, thanks to that decision, that step to ask for forgiveness, uh, he has helped. Uh, it, has, it has helped us uh, to um, to restore and heal our relationship. So I would encourage you guys to to uh, consider that these uh, simple three words, like uh, forgive me son, forgive me daughter, could be very uh, meaningful to them. That's so yeah. good. Yeah, that's a really good word. That humility is so important. Thank you, Andy. Um, my, my advice would be, you know, I, I uh, had a conversation. My dad is gone now. He died um, during the pandemic um, in his 80s. Uh, but uh, he and I had a lot of conversations about fatherhood, about our life, you know, at one point he said, Craig, you know, I feel like I failed you as a dad. And I think a lot of dads carry that kind of, man, I really failed, I really failed, I really failed. And um, I remember this conversation so clearly. I, I said, Dad, you, you did not fail. And my dad was not a perfect dad. Um, but uh, I, I said, Dad, you were present. You were there, Dad. You were present. You were there. I knew I could count on you. He worked hard. He was a CPA, worked very hard. Um, and he was gone a lot, um, but he was also, when he was there, he was there. And, you know, one of the things I worry about is so many dads are like this, okay? So many parents, I see, I, I notice this. When parents are sitting around, here's where parents are today. These things are so addictive in our lives. We have got to manage these devices in each of our lives. But dad, manage this device. Do not let this device take your presence. Okay, you do not want to give your presence to that. You want to give your presence to your children. 
as a 60-year-old, two-year-old guy, my dad is in heaven. The thing I remember most about him is playing games with him, doing yard work with him, um, going out for breakfast with him, doing things like that. The moments, the presence when he was there, that's the thing I remember the most. Dad, give that to your kid. That's so good. That is so good and so real. Yeah. I would say the advice, uh, especially that's happening right now in my life, I mean, I have a, I have a two-year-old, um, so I'm kind of new to this whole parenting and one in the way. Uh, but some of the things that I've learned, not just as a father, but also as a husband, has been to communicate expectations. And, I mean, I could give you thousands of examples, but it's, it, it really, it's so important that when you expect something from someone, uh, whether that's your son, your daughter, your, your, your husband, your wife, sometimes because they live with us, because we've been married to them for 20, 30 years, or because they are literally our children, we think that they could read our minds. But the reality is that if we expect something, we have to communicate that before. I mean, really quickly, I remember telling my wife, hey, I need some bins. She was, she was in Home Depot, and, and, and the way I pictured them was one way, and what she bought was something completely different. And, and that's when I realized, it's like, wow, I, I, I need to do a better job communicating. And that could happen something in something so simple as, as bins, but that could happen in your relationship. That, that can happen in expectations of how, how you love them, uh, how you want them to behave. This is how we do things in our house. And so I think just understanding that as the, as, as the adult, as the father, as the mother, that we set those things to our children so that uh, we, we set them up for success and we're not frustrating them and also we're frustrating ourselves. And so definitely, if I could, if I could share that, that, that would be the one thing that, that I'm, that I'm currently learning. I haven't mastered it, but I'm currently learning in my life. And so this is so good. This is so good. It's so good that we're able to be here. And we figure that today will be a, a great day for us to just uh, really share what the Lord has put in our hearts. As you can see, every single one of us is a different father in a different season. I have small children, right? One in the way. Uh, and then also uh, Ed right here has children who, yes, one is already out, um, out of the house but also one in high school, one in middle school, and then Craig. Craig has already children and grandchildren as well. Empty nester. There you go. There you go. And so we figure that we figure that we could we we could impartake definitely something to you guys. And so before we get into the message, before we get into into the into the thick of it, let's just let's just pray. Let's just pray. And Ed, if you could start us with the prayer. Sure, sure. Uh, thank you, Heavenly Father, for this day. Uh, we thank you for your unconditional love for us, and um, we ask that you would prepare our hearts and our minds for what you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. So um, um, I wanted to share more than a message, just a bit more of a testimony, but I'm going to use uh, this, um, this father without name. Uh, this is the father that we um, can um, find in the parable of the uh, prodigal son. And uh, why did I choose him? I, because it represents our Heavenly Father. So the, that would be the reason why I chose him. Uh, but um, uh, we can find this parable in the uh, book of Luke, chapter 15, for those who want to head that way. Um, but I, I'll briefly share the story, the parable. It's about one uh, father, two sons. The younger son asks his father for his uh, part of his inheritance. Uh, once he got it, he just went far away to a distant uh, land, and uh, he squandered all of it on crazy uh, living. 
Um, so uh, then he, uh, wherever he was, uh, there was a great famine and which it had to humble him and he had to take a role of a uh, uh, pig, pig feeder. Uh, even the pigs uh, were, you know, eating better than him and that made him finally come to his senses and um, uh, ask his father for forgiveness and come back home. And uh, what happens next, uh, we can find on uh, Luke 15, verse 20. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. And how the story ends is the father embraces him, he uh, uh, restores him to the family. There is uh, just this big celebration and uh, feast and uh, because the son that was once lost, now is found. And we, most of us know about this parable, but what is it uh, mainly about, right? The father represents our heavenly father, but the main theme is the father's unconditional love for, for all of us. And uh, what does that mean to us? It's very simple. I'm sure that you guys can understand love without condition, right? Um, we don't need to do anything. There's nothing that we can do to make our father be proud of us because that's not why he loves us. And neither are we having to come to him uh, clean. We don't have to be made right. Uh, he's not expecting out of us either. Um, if we, um, as, just as we read in our previous verses, just as the prodigal son came to his senses, and while he was a long way off, the father embraced him, kissed him. He didn't just, hey, before, uh, can you go and take a shower because you stink? Or, um, or waited to see what he had to say, uh, explain to, to me what, you know, have you changed? No, he simply was anxiously waiting for him to come home. And in the same way, we can come to the father with all our baggage, our weaknesses, our addictions, our pain, our flaws. You know, we can come to him because he simply is anxiously waiting for you to come. And once you're there, he'll sort out the rest. He'll take care of that. So, but why is it sometimes so difficult for us to come to our Heavenly Father despite knowing of, this, of his unconditional love? And is it because you wonder what God thinks of you? What does God think of you? Is he shaking his head, thinking about your dumb mistakes or all the things that you've done wrong? Is he thinking about your past? Or is he rejoicing in the person that he is making you to become? You see, how you answer that question, what does God think of me, will impact the way you see God, and how you see God will impact the way you face him. So say that we see him as a judge or a demanding taskmaster. I believe you will face him with fear and hopelessness. But if we see God as a loving father, full of grace and mercy, will you still come to him with fear? I, I, I believe you would come and draw near him freely with love. 
Now, is it difficult for, for us, for you, to see God as a loving Father full of grace and mercy? And if so, why could that be? Why? And um, I'd like to address this by asking you another question. Have you ever considered what might your children believe about what you think of them? Um, do they think you are um, disappointed in them? That you are constantly, or they, that they are constantly making you angry and upset? That they don't meet your expectations? That uh, are they thinking that you're always uh, judging them? Or do they think that you love them unconditionally? See, what you think, what you say to your children matter much to them. But more, what's more significant is that what your children believe you think of them can have a tremendous impact on how they see and perceive God. So, I can dare to speak about this, as this is part of a, uh, my personal testimony. I, um, I knew God loved me unconditionally since I, you know, since I was a child. But honestly, I, um, I had uh, difficulties. I had my doubts. Um, um, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't accept this truth this easily. And it, this is because... Even though I knew my dad, my, my, my earthly dad, loved me, he never said it. And uh, what he would do is to find something negative in me to, to tell me. And unfortunately, frequently. And um, that made me feel as I, I was such a disappointment. And that... Um, it made me a, an angry, broken man. Um, it uh, made me feel rejected, uh, with low self-esteem, with a lot of insecurities, um, as if I was worthless in the eyes of my dad. I remember um, trying to consciously behave well, to do things well, to uh, um, not upset him. Um, to kind of read his thoughts, um, to make him proud of me, to gain his approval, admiration, um, to see if I could do anything good enough to make him say those, those words, I love you, son. And I wonder if anyone um, can relate to me. Now, uh, my story, my, my story does, didn't just stay there, so I praise God for that. Um, his uh, unconditional love finally captured me. His truth, his word freed me from, from the pain of my past. I, 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 I um, forgave my, my father I, I, and was able to move on knowing that, that I am loved. I am loved without conditions by my Heavenly Father. And I praise him for that for, because he gave me the compassion, the understanding, the, 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 the grace and the mercy to love my dad just, you know, as, just as he is. 
Um, but, but I want to emphasize something um, about my story, and it is that I am sure that many of you, if not all of you, can assume and imagine how this experience, how, or how I viewed my dad growing up. Um, but I want to ask more than anything is, can you see and understand how this experience could have affected and distorted my view of God? How I had difficulties embracing his unconditional love? Or how it affected the, the role as a dad to my children? And I wonder if uh, this could be happening in someone here or someone's child. So my uh, hope with this message, you know, it's not to make anyone feel guilty about the things that you did or you didn't do as a, as a dad. Um, it is my hope that you will be encouraged to reflect if there's anything that you need to change in the way you treat and communicate with your children. Um, to reflect on how we are representing our Heavenly Father to them. Can they catch a glimpse of his unconditional love for them? Are our actions, our words drawing them near to God or away from him? Because our thoughts and our words, they matter. So lastly, I just want to... Um, say that if you are a child in need of the Father's unconditional love, that um, you can come to him. You know, he's um, anxiously waiting for you. Thank you. Hey, man. Thank you Any feedback? Yeah, I, I just think, thank you for sharing that. And I see, you know, I see the impact that's had on you. Uh, you know, the Bible says that we've all, we all have earthly fathers who have disciplined us in the way that seen best of them and uh, you know your dad may have been doing what he thought was best and uh, we all want to think we have this perfect dad and we all do have the perfect dad when we're that age that we just saw right I said to someone you know we, we don't use teenagers for these kind of because <laughs> <laughs> our teenagers aren't going to talk about us that way uh, but we, we all have imperfect dads uh, we all are imperfect dads there's not one perfect dad in the Bible except for the father God and maybe Joseph who's you know, the, the, the husband of Mary, who's, we've got a few verses about, we don't know enough about him, uh, but, but uh, I think it's important that we recognize, hey, my dad is not perfect, and I can't hold it over him. I need to forgive. Uh, I need to forgive. I need to let it go, and we, if, if you are holding it over your dad, listen, uh, I, I know it may have been really bad. Forgive and see what God will do in you and your dad's relationship, if he's still here. Don't let it go too long. Amen, yeah. I think from, you know, one of the things that I got from, from your message um, as a father, because it's so funny, you, I, I just became a father, so I'm, I'm, I'm able to see now clearly from the lenses of a dad, and I see how important is the commitment that as parents we need to have towards our children. Um, when you see um, our Heavenly Father, He's so committed to us. Like, 
we've messed up, <laughs> right? And we still do, right? But yet he's still so faithful. And, and if we could have, um, if we could strive to have that commitment to our children, because the reality is that, yes, they are going to mess up, but we need to love them. That, that we've been commanded to do that, to love them. They're not going to be perfect. We are not going to be perfect. But I think if we make, make that decision today that I'm just going to love them and I'm going to do my best and I'm going to model the father for my children, I think, I think, I think the, that is exactly what we're talking about when, when, when Jesus talked about the prodigal son. And so thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Well, I, when I was given the, the, the privilege to speak today, I, I was thinking of, well, which father can I, can I talk about? And these last couple of weeks, I've been really studying the life of Isaac. And so when they asked me about picking a father, I was like, oh, well, yeah, definitely. I think in my heart, I have a lot to say about Isaac, a lot of things uh, from, from the father, from a husband perspective. And maybe if you don't know who it is, uh, he's the second patriarch of the people of Israel. You have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? And I feel like he's, the, he's probably the one that we know the least about, right? We know a lot about Abraham. We know the stories and all that. And Jacob and obviously about his 12 sons and all that. But when we think of Isaac, and maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's my view, but when you think of Isaac, you think of the son of the promise, right? You think of Abraham and Sarah and them waiting for their child and then finally coming and then when when he was when when he finally arrived uh now you have to go and sacrifice right and then the angel of the lord came and stopped there right and so we think of that but i wanted to talk to him about specifically the angle of of an of an adult of a of a father of a husband and we find that we, we find that we st well the beginning of, of of him as we look at him as an adult is about the end of chapter 24 uh, and that's the story when Abraham, basic Abraham's servant, come he comes back successfully uh, with Rebecca, right? And then Isaac meets Rebecca, they get married, right? But it isn't until the middle of chapter 25 in the book of Genesis, right, where we learn of the death of Abraham, and then Isaac's life becomes sort of the center of the story, right? And today I wanted us to focus on this verse, and it's Genesis 25 verse 21. And he says, Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife. Because she was unable to have children, the Lord answered Isaac's prayer. And Rebekah became pregnant with twins. And so it's amazing to read just this verse. It's, it's literally two lines. But if we just read this as a book, as a novel, there is so much that we could miss. There is so much that we could miss. If you, if you look at the whole thing, and I encourage you to do that on your personal time with the Lord. If you look at same same chapter, chapter 25, verse 20, it says that when Isaac married Rebekah, he was 40 years old. And then if you fast forward to verse 26, you, found out, you find out that when the twins are born, the same twins that we, we, we hear on uh, verses 20, 21, we found out that he's 60 years old. And so this little line... That we read in a book and sometimes it might give us the impression of like, oh, well, I prayed and something happened. It literally took about 20 years for it to manifest. And so what I, what I learned from this is that, man, not only 
this, that Isaac was praying for his wife. He was pleading with the Lord for 20 years. That is 20 years. And so what I learned from that, and I want to share with you today, it's point number one. It's fathers, and obviously this applies also to mothers and young adults. Fathers, pray with and for your families. You see, this is an area, if, if, if I could be completely transparent with you, this is an area that I am striving to. I don't have it all down. But it's because right now, right, if, if, if we open up our lives, there's a lot going on in our lives, right? We have jobs, maybe one, maybe two, right? Our wives, sometimes they also work and they also have their own jobs, right? Um, our kids, if they're also a little older, they might, they might have practice for this thing. They might have to do this. And it's sometimes so hard to pray as a family. But I want to speak specifically to the fathers right now. It is our responsibility to make sure that we're praying as a family together. It is not your wife's responsibility. It is your responsibility to make sure that that is happening with your family. That not only you're praying with your family, that you're praying for your family. I can tell you that there is, there is days where I am so tired. I am so tired. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to do it tomorrow. And there's also days that I'm like, hey, I know I'm tired, but I need this. And can I just be honest with you 100%? Look, every time I do that, I never regret it. And I'm still tired, but I never regret praying with my wife. Never. If anything, usually we feel it's like, hey, man, we, we, we got to strive to do this every day because this is, this is amazing. We're able to connect more intimately as, uh, as husband and wife. And if, you're, and if in your season of life you also have uh, kids, that's also something that you can make sure that you could bring them in so that you could pray together as a family as well. You start modeling that, teaching them how to pray, making sure that they're seeing mom and dad pray, not only by themselves, but also together as a family. And this is very, very powerful. Now, two things that I want to make sure that, that I want to talk to you about these things. So when you pray, when you're praying together as a family, make sure that you're praying with them, right? Make sure that they're also praying, not just you, right? You're modeling this, but also you're praying for them, that they hear you speak life and blessing over every single one of them, including your wife as well. For wives also, that you're speaking life over your husband. And then in your personal time with the Lord, when you're by yourself, make sure that you're having this obviously personal time with the Lord, but make sure that you're also interceding for every single one of them. This should be just mandatory. Every time you have time with the Lord, you have to allocate some time so that you're interceding for your wife, that you're praying for them, that you're speaking life, and also for your kids as well. Man, parents, fathers specifically, you got to pray without ceasing. Especially, especially fathers, right? We, we, when we hear of praying, and I don't know if it's cultural, I, I, I don't really know, but we, we think of maybe mothers, right? They're the ones who are always um, the ones coming out for prayer. They're the ones who, when you see a, a, a Saturday morning prayer, you see mostly, mostly women. But fathers, I want to call you up mm -hmm. to stand up and start praying for your families. <laughs> Parents, so that you could not just merely be a, a provider financially, and that, and that, is, that is good. And yes, that might be part of your responsibility, but also to be providers of spiritual covering through prayer. Not just the physical security and safety, but also spiritual safety and security as well. So fathers, 
Never grow tired of interceding for your family, even if it takes 20, 30 years. Another thing that I want to I wanna show you from the life of Isaac, and I wanna, I'm going to give you the point right away, and then we're going to flesh it out. <laughs> so the, 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 the other point, the other thing that I've learned from, from, from him is, is the following, is as a father, you can choose to break a generational curse and start a generational blessing in your family by choosing Jesus. Now, to, to illustrate this, I want to make a quick contrast between Abraham and Isaac. Two generations which we can see patterns, right? Patterns of, of, of life at a, at a given point where both were presented with situations where they have to make decisions that eventually affected their children and their children's children. And so as you can see, you can see the box right there. Perfect. It's already there, right? When you see an Abraham, right? He lied or deceived Abimelech about Sarah not being his wife. And again, if you never heard the story, the, the Bible verse is right there. So you could look it up in your, in your private time with the Lord. And we can see also that Isaac, this is years after, right? I mean, the Bible might be maybe six cha chapters after. But this is years after. He was presented with the same issue, right? And he also lied about Rebecca not being his wife to Abimelech. Now, Abimelech, by the way, is a title. It's not a name. It's kind of like a governor or, right? So it's not the same person. But he, he also lied because of the same fear that he thought that the other men were going to, they, they might kill him because they wanted his wife. Same, same, same situation. Father, son. Number two, we see here Sarah, right, who's Abraham's wife, Isaac's mom, couldn't have children, couldn't bear children. And so he, and so he slept with Sarah's handmaid to, to have children, right? To, I, I put there to help God, right? And you can read that in Genesis 16, 1-4. Now, Rebecca and Isaac were also presented with the same situation as we read there, right? For 20 years, they couldn't have children. They had the promise of God that they were going to have thousands and millions of descendants, right? And, and yet, they said, you know what? We're going to remain patient. And we're going to persevere through prayer. And you can see that also at Genesis 25, 21. And so there you could see that he chose differently. He said, look, my father loved the Lord. But I'm choosing to do differently than my father. And then we could also see that Abraham also, look, he remained obedient to God. Even through errors and mistakes, he remained obedient to God. And Isaac said, I'm going to continue that generational blessing over my life and over my children as well. And then you could also see, lastly, uh, Abraham also favored a child over the other. He, he favored Isaac over uh, Ishmael and also um, Isaac favored Esau over, over Jacob. And so you could see that in gen through generations, you could see patterns. Of that, that there is, it almost seems like every, it seems like there's almost invitations for them to, to, to make a decision and to, and to choose. Am I going to follow God or am I going to follow my own thing or what my, my parents uh, chose? And, and, and this shows that, this shows that in, in, any, in, in, a, in a moment of life, we as parents, fathers, mothers, we're going to have to choose. We're going to have to make a decision to be the gatekeepers of our families. We're going to have to choose Jesus instead of the other thing, even if it's something that our parents did or if something even that we did that we're choosing to change today. Mm 
And look, and, and I, and I want to be very clear on this because the reality is that none of our, none, none of our fathers were perfect. And so I don't want us to use this as a tool of like, oh, yeah, but my dad did this and all that. And the reality is that we're probably also might not be, we're, not, we're never going to be perfect, even to our children. But this is mostly for us to look inward and to say, I'm, I want to make sure that I'm, that, that I'm choosing differently, that I'm choosing Jesus, that even though there was addiction in my family, that I'm choosing, and I'm saying that ends today in my family, that even though maybe there was strife between brothers and siblings in my family, that that ends today also in my family, and that's not going to be passed on to my children. Even if there was divorce in my, in my family, maybe uncles, maybe cousins, maybe in your own family, that you could still say, well, Lord, today I choose, to, I, I choose Jesus, and that's not going to be passed on to my children. Regardless of what's, hap of, of what's happening, Ask yourself the question, what, what, what are you leaving to your children? What is the inheritance that you leave in your children? And, I'm, and, I'm, and I want to say, and I, and I just want to say that the best inheritance that we can leave our children is Jesus. And so I ask you today, choose Jesus in your life. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's, a, that's such a powerful word, guys. If you're struggling in an area of your life, that you just are having to go around the circle again and again and again. It may well be a generational thing. I had that in my life. Uh, it was broken about, mm, let's see, about 15 years ago. But I struggled with that for the majority of my life. And, and I didn't even realize it was a generational thing and, and, until I brought it to God and got serious with God. And he broke that, the power of that thing in my life. It's amazing what God will do. And if you're struggling, listen to me. You don't have to stay in the struggle. God has victory and power for you come to him, uh, believe him, uh, talk to your dad if you can, uh, but, but don't struggle with that, get released from it, and move forward and release the next generation into the blessing of God. And then circling back to your first point, Carlos, about uh, praying without, ce uh, without ceasing, um, I know that in this season of my life with my two younger ones, uh, the Lord has shown me that there's just no way that you're going to teach them to trust the Lord without praying. It just doesn't doesn't happen. It's just, it, it, even them being so young, they should question that, you know, and uh, that is just something that I want to share with you guys. You know, you want to, you want to build your house and a solid foundation. You need to pray. You need to pray with your children. You need to be, become vulnerable. You need to show them that you truly are, are exemplifying, you know, the need of that father. So in them, so Amen, amen. Ladies, I hope this is being a blessing for you too. Thank you, Ed. Um, I hope that you're getting something out of this because there's something here for everybody. We're speaking mostly to uh, the fathers today and for you young men who are here who are not yet fathers. Uh, maybe you're not even married. Uh, maybe you're a teen, you know, in VSM. Uh, hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to our dads today because this is such good information. Uh, the, da the dad that I chose is Noah. You think, Noah, was he a dad? He's the, we all know Noah from the, the flood, right? Noah from the flood. He's the guy who built the ark. Noah's the guy that built the ark. Well, he was actually a dad, too. He had three, he had three sons. He had three sons. And uh, so I, I came to Noah because of one particular verse. But if you have your Bibles, how many of you have your Bibles with me? I'm going to do a pastor verse. Raise it up, okay? Have your Bibles. Bring them to, bring them to church. Make sure you haven't turned to Genesis chapter 6. The story of Noah is found in Genesis chapter 6. And uh, 
Uh, Noah lived in a very wicked time. He lived in a time when population was exploding and wickedness was exploding. Uh, Jesus said that the days before his return would be just like the days of Noah. It's not going to all get better, okay? Jesus said it's going to be a wicked time. It's going to be an explosive time. Does anybody here feel like there's just a flood of wickedness just pouring around the world right now? Do you sense that? I've, I've told my wife, I am so glad I'm not raising a kid right now. The school stuff, the, uh, the, everything that our parents are facing, guys, you who are raising younger children right now, uh, you are in for a flood. It is a wicked time. It's a dangerous time for our children. Noah lived in the exact same kind of time. Here's what the Bible says about Noah in chapter 6, verse 8. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Favor is a good thing. Dad, in a day today when you're raising kids or raising grandkids or, you know, praying for grandkids, man, my heart for our grandkids, my heart just cries out to God daily for my grandkids. A favor is a good thing. Uh, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now, listen, Dad, the reason we find things, how many things have ever dropped in your lap? Well, we, every once in a while, something drops in your lap, right? The reason we find things is because we're looking for them. God did not just say, okay, I'm going to take this guy. I'm going to tell him to build an ark. I'm going to tell him what to do with this flood of craziness that's coming. Noah found favor in the eyes of the, God, of the Lord. He found favor. Dad, are you, are you looking for favor from God? How did he do it? Verse 9 tells us so much. Verse 9, it says, this is the account of Noah and his family. So we hear that phrase and we think, Oh, here comes the genealogy, right? Noah had this kid, this kid had, okay. And, and it does come, but not first. This is the account of Noah and his family. How did Noah find favor with God? Noah was a righteous man, it says. Salvation. Dad, are you working on, have you brought your life, we've already heard it, have you brought your life to Jesus? Have you knelt before him and said, forgive me, I'm a sinner. Jesus, will you forgive me and will you come into my life and will you change me? That's salvation. Noah was a righteous man. This is how he found favor. The second, the second thing is he was blameless in his time among the people of his day. That speaks of integrity. Integrity. Dad, does your walk match your talk? You know, we can have a great reputation, but if our kids know that is just a show, so damaging, so damaging. Does our walk match our talk? People knew that they could trust Noah. They knew he was a man of his word. Uh, he was blameless. They could, they could count on him. It helped him find favor with God. There is a flood in our society today wanting to overwhelm your children. You need the favor of God in your life, men. Salvation, 
integrity, and he walked faithfully with God. Relationship, consistent relationship. If there was ever any anything in my family growing up, my dad got saved when I was very young, but our his relationship with God was kind of like this, and our family's relation, our our family's experience with God was like this. There wasn't the consistency. There wasn't Dad, are you walking faithfully with God? You need God's favor today. Look at what the, the favor of God, when you read through chapter 6, and we're not going to look at all these verses, but, but when Noah found favor with God, God told him some things. He said, Noah, there's a flood coming. There is destruction coming. I am going to wipe the earth clean. There's destruction coming for your children, guys. You need to realize it for your family, for your marriage. The devil wants to grind you up and spit you out. He wants to destroy everything you have. There's a flood coming. God told Noah that. He realized it. He had insight that no one else had because everyone else was getting married and having parties. And and until the day the flood came, they had no clue. But Noah was working for decades on something to save his family. Because God told him. God told him, no. He said, make yourself an ark. No one had made an ark before, guys. Noah wasn't even near water. Noah worked for decades building a boat. Everyone was making fun of him for the way he lived. Ah, what, why are you living that way around your buddies, around your work? Your work? Why are you serving God? Why are you, why are you praying? Why, are you doing, why won't you come out and party with us? Why aren't you, t- you know... Why aren't you out with the ladies? You know, uh, guys, Noah, Noah, God gave him an idea that no one had ever had. And he started working on it. And God said in verses 15 through 21, here's how to do it. Dad, are you struggling with how do I, how do I do this? What, how do I be a dad? What do I do? God, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm failing. God can tell you what to do if you have favor that comes from salvation, integrity, and relationship. Sir, yes, sir, S-I-R, salvation, integrity. God said, yes, sir, I like that guy. I'm going to pour my favor out upon him. And verse 22, 622 says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. He did it all. He did it all. You know, we put our lives into our work, our careers. Uh, we make sure we have everything for our bosses or for ourselves or we're working or for ourselves. It's time to do everything that God is asking us to do. Yes, sir, I need your favor. Help me to know, understand what to do. We think of Noah building a, bo- a boat to save the world. We think of it, oh, two by two, the animals were coming. He saved all the animals. He saved humanity. Hebrews eleven seven. By faith, Noah, when warned of something that was yet unseen, built an ark in holy fear, Dad. Listen to that. In holy fear, he built an ark. Why did he build the ark? To save the animals? To save humanity? Because God told him to? To save his family. Dad, you are an ark builder. You are who God has placed over your family. You are an ark builder. First, yes, sir, salvation, integrity, relationship. Everything else 
all of God's favor on your life flows out of that. Are you taking that part seriously? I'm so glad that you're here today. If you're online, I'm so glad. Are you taking it seriously? Are you and out of that favor, God will show you everything you need to do, and then you just do it. Just do it. Amen. 622. Father, uh, we thank you today uh, for the words uh, that you have brought. We thank you for what your Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Lord, I believe today there's healing taking place, that guys and, and girls are, are forgiving their flawed dads for, for uh, the things that they've experienced at their hands. Lord, I believe that you're going to be breaking generational curses today. Father, I thank you that you're calling dads uh, to a new uh, a position of favor under you. Uh, Lord, that, you're, that dads are, are feeling the presence of your Holy Spirit and they're saying, yes, I am, I've got to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm just like Noah. I'm going to do exactly what he said. Father, I thank you that your word is going forth into our hearts. Uh, Lord, we just want to receive it today. We want to say thank you. We want to, we want to ask you to bless our fathers, Lord. Bless our future fathers. Uh, Lord, bless every young man in this place, Lord, that they would have a heart that's after you and that they would experience your favor in salvation and in integrity and relationship. And, Lord, that you would lead them and guide them. Protect our children. Bless our families. Uh, Lord, bless this house. Uh, bless our, our pastors, Lord, uh, as they shepherd and father and, and pour in, into this place. Heavenly Father, we just worship you and we thank you for who you are today and for what you have done in our lives. We give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to the Vertical Church Podcast. And thank you to all of you who give generously to this ministry. You make this ministry possible. You can always give online by visiting us at verticalchurch.com. And if you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, rate it, share it with your friends, and you can also share it on social media and tag us at vertical underscore social. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you.